You go to IMDb, he's had 88 credits as an actor, 92 as a producer, and 44 as a director. Um, he's about to direct, I believe for Netflix, a book that you all love, Hillbilly Elegy. Um, has directed Solo, which we'll get to, which was absolutely the best of the last four. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, Frost Nixon, Beautiful Mind, Apollo 13, The Paper, Cocoon, Far and Away, Night Shift, Splash, Da Vinci Code, Rush, and a lot more. And Willow. And Willow. <laughs> you may have watched a TV show he produced called TV's uh, Arrested Development. Uh, and narrated. Uh, and two great new shows on Nat Geo, which has really completely rebuilt the network, uh, Genius and Mars. Um, you've been in the entertainment business now for 60 years, um, and you know, a lot is happening in the entertainment business. Um, media's taken such a turn, there's so much competition. It's not the competition you thought it was gonna be. The economics and the pace are moving at warp speed. Um, you, know, you have to recalibrate, imagine. Yeah. And, you know, what's going through your mind as you see, as you look back at your life and you see, oh my God, look what's going on in the media business. Well, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, maybe. Uh, and there's a little element of what, what's, what's old is new, particularly as it relates to brands coming in and beginning to, uh, uh, to, to, to take the lead in, um, you know, fi even financing and, you know, sure. through sponsorship. You hear the word branded content a lot. Yeah, all the time. And, of course, the Andy Griffith Show was sold not to CBS, it was sold to General Foods. The star of the Andy Griffith Show, by uh, the way, come uh, on. Uh, uh, right. But, yeah. uh, so, you know, we used to have to do commercials, and in character. Um, well, you know, I love these, uh, hey B, can, you, can I get some cereal? Uh, and, um, uh, but, uh, but what's, but, so what's, what's happened is, for a person at my point, in, at this point in my career, and also speaking for my partner, Brian Grazer, who you sure. know really yep. well, um, is it's, it's, it's been both you know, daunting because the economics have changed and that certainly affects us, the kinds of deals that you could make, the kinds of deals studios could make, the kinds of projects studios want, the kinds of series networks want versus, you know, for, versus platforms and, 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 and cable that still exists. Um, and, and, that's, and that is daunting. Um, what's thrilling is the sort of the application of technology, not only to the, the making of these stories and telling them and the flexibility that it brings, but the globalization through distribution across all these platforms, which is influencing the aesthetic in really exciting ways. And most of all, you know, it's broadening audiences. Now it's hell to be a company trying to figure out how much to spend on a project and, 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 and how to distribute it. But if you're, if you're a creative, individual and basically that's what Brian and I have always been. We, lo we love the business and we try to make money and, and we've organized our lives so that we have a support system that makes sense, that's Imagine Entertainment, but we're, we're storytellers. And I think what we see in all of this chaos, in fact, is a, f a fantastic opportunity. And I think we both share this point of view that it's actually, it came along at a pretty good time in our lives because we probably could have started be a little more complacent. Yeah, so, why aren't you playing golf? Well, because I, A, I love it. It's my whole life. I mean, I, I really am I'm more comfortable on a set and in my living room than I am anywhere else. Those are the two places where I think I know what I'm doing. Um, the, uh, but, but, but in all this chaos, one thing remains consistent. Story is king. And you talk about tent poles. Of course, 
you know, on the theatrical side, that's, that's vitally important and that is what's, what's driving the studio business. Sure. But we are discovering through projects like Friday Night Lights and Parenthood and even Arrested Development that sort of re keeps redefining itself in different ways, um, that another kind of tent pole really is IP, it's a story. Now, one of the big frustrations in the old model was there was, there was really, it was very difficult to cross platforms, cross distribution systems, and, um, and benefit from that and monetize it. Meaning you'd sell it out to one platform and therefore they wanted to keep it for themselves and right. they didn't really care about the- Empire's a massive yeah. hit and everybody's saying, why aren't you running concerts? Why aren't you, you, you know, why don't you have a record label? Why don't you, and that's not- Sorry about that. Uh, you know, that's not what Fox TV wanted to do and they controlled it and as frustrating as it could be and you could go in and try to pitch, you know, these other business opportunities sure. around it and, you know, it didn't just, it didn't fit within their plan, their bonus pro plan, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever, you know, whatever's involved. So we decided to pull away from that system. We took in an investor and... And the investor was Rain, which many in the audience Rain, are... Joe Ravitch yep. and company. Yep. Uh, and that's been great. And of course, they really understand entertainment investments and companies. And they, and they, look, they sold themselves in a way to us. They, that content is going to be king. That's what you guys do. You know, are you, are, you, are you up for this? And we were, we, were, we were thrilled to take it on. And slowly but surely what's happening is a lot of areas where we used to dabble, you know, like uh, we would do a documentary, uh, but you, you, you know, uh, it, you know it, uh, Brian did a great documentary about Deep Throat. Well, he had, to, he had to like, you know, convince the studio he wouldn't work on it too much because that's not really what they wanted. We did a great one about wrestling. That was a lot of fun. They didn't want us to do that. God forbid we would get involved in short form. Yep. You know, so, I mean, there were like, <laughs> you know, cease and desist letters would come our way. If to they not do out. work. To not do that because you're supposed to be doing this. Sure. And yet we wanted to work on all kinds of stories. Now, now we can and, and, and with the resources, we're beginning to hire great, great partners to run these divisions build out businesses that are fueling all this and it's a thrill. That's a hell of a long answer, yep. but the point is, it's, it, it, within this, is a, is we, we think and imagine is a, is a great opportunity to organize storytellers. You know, storytellers, they, they like and respect us. We, lo we, we, we love and respect them. And part of our growth beyond the, the Ron and Brian business is to, to create opportunities for them to really flourish and, and benefit from all the different opportunities that a great idea can so, lead. So you've taken a cue, I know how curious you are, we talk about technology and startups all the time. You guys have just launched something, Imagine Impact, um, which is your own sort of Y Combinator for content. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and how you were sort of influenced by the, the world that's yeah. sitting out in the audience. Well, we, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've always wanted to try to create an environment where it was sort of easier, faster, more dynamic uh, to, uh, to, to create independent IP. Not, don't take the studio's money, don't take the network's money, just, just develop it. And, and we tried a couple things, didn't really work as well as we wanted them to. Brian was spending time, you know, he witnessed Y Combinator in action and started talking to, you know, everyone involved. And what he, what he brought back was he said, geez, every screenplay Every project I've ever done, whether it's movies or television, I would say the same thing. Uh, it's a startup. 
uh, everyone. Well, why don't we create an environment where we could share what we know, find other people who, as shapers to come in, work with writers on ideas. We launched it, it had a fantastic impact one. We had over 40, we had, we had 4,200 applications and we didn't even advertise. We just sort of put it out there that it was going on. We're now taking applications for impact two. We know we're going to do impact three. We, man, I, I'd say, and you're in a WeWork. Uh, uh, yes, we're, yes, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're WeWork. I think we were at least three times more successful than we expected we would be in terms of projects coming out of impact and being set up, being optioned. Uh, about, oh, two-thirds of, the, of, the, of the, the writers we actually chose were already represented. So, you know, they weren't entire unknowns. In fact, there were people who had sold television shows but saw this boot camp as a chance to, 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 you know, to develop a particular idea and raise their game. And, but the, the one-third who didn't have representation all are represented now. Uh, and uh, so Imagine gets to build those, those relationships. We get, you know, we're launching these ideas. We don't control all of them. It's a, so what's, what's the model for you guys? How, is, how do the economics work if something gets through the program? Well, it, it's, you know, by the way, that was, that was Impact One. You know, sure. we, we're already re redefining it and, and, uh, uh, for, for Impact Two and, and onward. There are a few different things that can happen. One is those ideas. So if, if Imagine is the best bidder and gets the idea because it you know, had a little inside track and knew to really sure. go for that one, then that's something for us to produce. But that's not a given because it is, it, it is available to, uh, we have a, we, you know, we, we so have- you don't a, have a first rudder refusal. We have a pitch day. Yeah, no, we don't have a first rudder refusal. We have a pitch day. Everybody came and there was a lot of action on the, on the uh, like I think 600 scripts were ordered to be read in the wake of, out of 22, you know, there were 22 projects, man, sure. all those buyers, a, t a total of 600 scripts, spec scripts were read. It was like, um, you know, it was sort of unprecedented. It was like there were 22 new hot spec scripts uh, on the market all at once. So that's good. And, you know, we, we can attach a sort of a packaging tr fee to the projects that, that uh, even if we're not producing, uh, um, we're also talking about lots of other ways to monetize that. Lots of other ways to use the model that we're developing, the data that we're collecting, the, the, the teaching uh, programs yeah. that were, you know, that were, that, that, are, that are coming out of this. We have amazing guest speakers who came in. Sure. You know, we're just gaining a lot of intelligence through all of this and talking about uh, sort of franchising. We're gonna take it around the world. Sure. And there are a lot of places where the distribution system is total chaos. Uh, here, we think it's broken. There are other places where there are major markets where it really doesn't exist. So we think we can make a, a huge difference. And, and, and by the way, that could really help launch um, Imagine uh, Global. We're already developing projects in China, India, uh, and you know, we hope to be all over the world. So when I came in and I spoke to the group, you, know, you get the sense of this wonder. They're sitting with Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. They're writing, they're, they're collaborating with one another. Um, and then there's the other side, like Y Combinator or anything else, which is if you get picked, that's the road, and maybe you're going to get riches, and it's like MTV Cribs. <laughs> you know, what's, what's the conversation you're having with these kids in, in, the, uh, you know, in the incubator about the reality of the economics of the media business now versus when you were coming up? It's pretty much, it is all about entrepreneurship, that, you know, that it's not done just because you got selected. Yep. In fact, what we're trying to do is create an environment where they, their idea matures, uh, they're influenced by their peers, they're influenced by the shapers uh, who are involved, the speakers who come in. Um, but what the big message is, you, you, you know, this is the opportunity to suddenly be known within this industry, but 
now you have to be ready to, 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 to battle for your project and to yeah. be an advocate for it. Even if you get optioned, even if you get bought, you know, uh, so here's how you begin to build a career. It's about building, using this as a, as a jumping off place, not only for that project, but for, you know, for a career. And teaching a sense of humility, I think, which, you know, I think sometimes okay. in the startup world, when you become a star, sometimes that goes out the, the, the door. Well, and all the writers, whether it's Academy Award winners like, you know, Lance Black or Emmy winners like Ryan Murphy, they came in as, as, as guest speakers. And, and they talk a lot about um, a sort of a process where, where to learn how to fight and not and and don't and not fight so that you get immediately shown the door, but sure. fight to win on behalf of your project. When when to when to learn to collaborate. Collaboration is such a big you know part of uh, sure. you know of, the, of 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 the whole process. So there's a lot of wisdom being imparted, and people were, you know a lot of people felt like their lives were changed. One of the projects, one of the hottest projects that came out of there was was uh, an animated project by uh, a guy from Zimbabwe. And it had made it through our system, and everybody thought it was a great idea. And the shapers selected, the, you know, his project, and um, and it sold. You know, kind of an amazing story. So when you talk about collaboration, I think one of the things that we've talked a lot about, and we mentioned the the Spielberg documentary on HBO. One of the things that I found fascinating is, yeah, every film is a startup and a new company unto itself. And one of the reasons that Steven was so successful is he constantly worked with the same people. Okay. He was moving from film to film, not necessarily with the same actors, but with the same DP, the cinematographer, all these other kinds of things. What is it like when you're building a team and how much of the sameness of a team been to your success and what happens when that team goes elsewhere? Well, it, for, for, you know, collaboration is, 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 is vital in my personal process. It's what I really love about it. It's one, it's, it's one of my strengths and it's one of the things that keeps me interested. And it's this broad array of, of artists and talented people, some of them pretty, pretty odd and eccentric, but all come together behind a, a, a project. And I love that. And I began to learn that, you know, going back to the, on the Andy Griffith show. And that was an environment where the show was very successful and it looked like it was down home and easy, but it was a lot of, it was a hard work, but it wasn't a neurotic environment, it was really creative. In fact, I mean, all the actors would be allowed to participate and, and, and you know, offer, offer ideas, offer comments. And I mean, I started on that show when I was six and I, I went through the whole first season and every once in a while I would dare to throw out an idea and, you know, they never took it. And, uh, and I, it kind of annoyed me. Uh, but I never forget on the second uh, episode of the second season, and I had just turned seven, so I was feeling a little older. I was supposed to be rehearsing, and we came into the sheriff's office, and Andy was over there, and the director was here, and I was supposed to come in and say, hey, Pa, something, I had a line. And I stopped, and they said, well, what's, what is it? And I said, well, can I say something? They said, sure. I said, I don't think a kid would say it that way. They said, well, how do you think a kid would say it? Well, I pitched my little rewrite. <laughs> uh, and they said, okay, go ahead and say it that way. And I remember right now, I mean, I just can picture it. And I was thrilled. I was just so enthralled to be a part of it. And uh, I remember Andy Griffith from across the sheriff's office there said, what are you grinning at, youngin? He actually would talk that way. Sure. <laughs> and, and I said, well, that's the, first, that's the first idea of mine you've taken. And he said, well, it was the first one that was any damn good. Now let's rehearse the scene. <laughs> and so that was the environment that I grew up in. I always try to nurture that. And I have benefited from having the same team, but I've also always wanted to guard against cronyism. Because, because I am a collaborator, I also want to keep changing it up and finding that new voice, whether it's a writer, whether it's a cinematographer, 
um, uh, uh, you know, composers who are going to really help elevate it. Now, the thing about a movie or a television show that's a lot different from building a company, and now, imagine, is really in a, this growth period, and it's a, it's a different kind of thing. The company was always there really just to support Brian and I. And so certainly we made long-term hires, but it wasn't about this sort of growth. And films and leadership. You know, after, after three months, go away. Films after three, I mean, well, it's, it's longer than sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. But you can, it's more like girding yourself and gearing up for an expedition or a mission, you know? And uh, people are psyched, they're professionals, and they're gonna get it done. And sure, you bump heads and you run into people and it's disappointing, uh, you know, how they might behave. But as long as they can, you know, help propel the enterprise, you go for it. And of course, in building a company, it's a very different kind of thing because there's a culture we want built around creativity, built around, uh, you know, um, a, a kind of a leadership and entrepreneurship that doesn't depend entirely on Brian and me, but is, is, is being built to last for years and sure. to grow and grow and grow. So it's a really uh, interesting new, new time in terms of that. Do you look at your projects through a lens of themes? I mean, I look at, you know, movies like, um, you know, Splash, or I look at Far and Away, or A Beautiful Mind, and I see these individual outsiders that are not the norm. Yeah. Is there a theme in your past work, and, and is there a theme? I now look at Hillbilly Elegy, Mars, um, and Genius, and it seems like you're wanting to give back into the world beyond entertainment. I mean, how do you come at projects? Well, you know, Brian and I both come to them differently, but over the years, and we're very different you know, pe people, different styles, sensibilities, and things like that. But one of the things that we really come to often is is a, is a kind of a celebration of of a, of the underdog. And I know that's a you know that's a that's a kind of a, a standard thing. But in our own way, we both feel it, and we and we and we think it's something that audiences will naturally connect with. So it is you know it's finding that test that is the you know the test designed to destroy that character, whether it's comedy, fantasy. Or, or drama, and we love to work across all the, all the genres. But it's, uh, the other thing that I love is anything that's related to sort of group endeavors, whether that's a family story, trying to navigate through something. Apollo 13. Or teams, yep. yeah. Uh, and uh, Apollo 13 was the first, first movie based on real events that I, that I ever did. And, sure. and I'd always been afraid of that, because I, look, I came out of television, comedy. I mean, it was all about invention and, and, and whimsy, and, and, and then I did fantasies like, like Splash and Cocoon. And, but when I ventured into this, I've, I found it fascinating. I've always been interested in, in, in history and so forth, and I really did enjoy it. I thought it would you know, sort of impinge upon my creativity, and in a lot of ways it stimulated it, but what confirmed it for me was an early test screening of Apollo 13. Uh, there'd been no publicity, and of course, you know, the mission was 25 years earlier, but the movie played really well. We tested it, scores were great. Uh, you know, I believe in testing, even though I have Final Cut, I still like to know what people are responding do to. Do you use it as an informant, or do you use it as absolutely that's going to be the direction based off no, of the inform, No, inf information, yep. so I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for an outside, a, a kind of a, uh, a left field idea that I, n I hadn't thought of, yeah. uh, or, or consensus, uh, to either change my mind. Because we worry in this world about blindly following data. Well, uh, that can't. could be an evil result. No, 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 result. no, you can't. But, but, it, but it is, look, movies are, are communication, you know, and so you want to know how the movie or the television show is communicating to the audience, and there are always nightmarish uh, surprises. 
anyway, we had this great, very, very successful screening. I was thrilled, except there was, you know, they rated excellent, very good, good, fair, poor. There was one goddamn poor out of 400 cards, but that was the one I had to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went looking through them and I found it. And, uh, was it a parking lot assailment or what, what, what happened? It was, it was uh, uh, no, it was, well, I don't know who it was because it's always anonymous, except it's, it was a Caucasian male 22 and all the marks were just these harsh pencil marks. I, no, poor, wouldn't recommend it. And I couldn't figure out what was really bothering this guy. It wasn't really filling things out in much detail. Finally, I flipped over to the backside and it said, uh, uh, please rate the ending. And he said, uh, terrible, big bold pencil streak. More Hollywood bullshit. Yeah. They would never survive. <laughs> he didn't know it was a true story. <laughs> and I said, that's why you make true stories, because you, you find the ones, and in fact, it's, it's, it, it is, it's liberating, because you deal, you find a story with thematics that, 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 that suggests that, that unlikely outcomes are possible. Yep. I want to, you know, something we talk about privately is um, politics. Right. It's something that's very new to my life. Um, you know, I, I take the bait. Um, and I'm not happy as to where the world is, and yet, um, you know, I melt down. You engage with the crazies and the dissenters on Twitter. Once in a while. Um, I see it a lot, but uh, <laughs> I'm curious to, you know, how are you looking at the world? You've done oh. political films like Frost Nixon. I know that your brother, you and I have discussed, have different um, uh, views of the world uh, politically, so I'm sure Thanksgiving is fun. <laughs> and, um, and know when to talk and when not to. Yes, and then on Twitter, you know, they say don't feed the animals, but you feed the animals. Well, you know, look, first of all, I, I doubt I, my Twitter feed makes much of a difference in, in terms of, of, of changing anybody's mind. Dude, that's half my day. What do you... <laughs> well, mine, me, I yeah. don't know. You know, but uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a celebrity. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, you know, a, a, a knowledgeable pundit. Uh, the, the, but I, I did decide that if I could, if I could if I could put out, you know, retweet things that just challenge people's common sense and, and, and just sort of say, really, is this, is it, does this make sense to you, blah, 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 and then get going. And once in a while, when they, whenever they, I don't read them all, but when they insult me personally, I often say, now why that? Why, why be insulting? We might have a difference of opinion. And I feel like, wow, maybe on, on some level I can be a bit of a bridge or a reminder um, and um, in, in, in a way that still respects their right to participate and, and, and also acknowledges mine, but without that rhetoric and that, and that stuff. And so I just kind of decided maybe that was the one little thing I could do. Well, last question. Um, it was Mark Suster of Upfront that first told me about the book Hillbilly Elegy, and I think a lot of people in the audience have read that. Right. Why that movie, why now? Well, I mean, you know, my, my family is not from, not from Kentucky, but uh, my, my mom and dad were, are basically, you know, sort of immigrants from the heartland. Um, they changed the course of their family by think, believing they could, they could leave their farm and my mom's small town. By the way, this would have been my mom's 92nd birthday today. Nice. Um, but, uh, and, and uh, you know, and be in show business. And they, they, they did it. The, the families and the relatives, the sound of J.D. Vance when I talked to him or, uh, or heard him reading the book is, it's familiar, and, um, and, and, and even on the Andy Griffith Show, I grew up around people uh, you know, from the rural, rural South and with that sensibility, and it's something that I do relate to. You know, 
J.D. Vance isn't really isn't a hillbilly. He grew up in Ohio, but his his grandmother was. Well, my grandfather was a farmer, and my and my other grandfather was a small town butcher. I so I I relate to a lot of the frustrations, um, and uh, uh, and and I also relate to that kind of family f and that sense of loyalty and commitment, and also feeling a little bit alienated in certain uh, environments. And I feel like that J.D. Vance's journey, going back to you know the kinds of things Brian and I uh, you know like to work on, it is its own kind of underdog journey. And um, and I think it's I think it's it's a fascinating case study, and I think, I think it can make a very emotional, interesting movie. You know, you and I have talked about this, but I, I look at film and television a lot, even more than news, and it's shaped the way that I see the world. And, you know, certainly through Genius, um, or Mars, or now Hillbilly Elegy, I think you're putting a lot of good stuff in the world where we need it. Ron Howard, one of my heroes. Thank you. <laughs>